Good evening. This is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. We are going to continue in the book that I wrote many years ago. These last few chapters, though, um, if you recall or remember, these are all revised. I just did them. Uh, not yesterday. I took the day off. Well, today's after midnight, so not on the 30th. I took the day off. I did. I had to. I was tired, and there was a lot to take in. But um, I had to basically do away with a lot that I had written concerning the fallen angels and the tradition of men and a whole bunch of stuff. So these few last few chapters, I should say, that I have just finished reading and the next couple is something that's current. <clears throat> okay, chapter 15, part E. Where do demons or evil spirits come from. A couple more things before I close this topic. The scribes, Sadducees, and Pharisees were not offspring of Satan, as some are teaching. Read, please. John the Baptist admits they are the seed of Abraham. Matthew chapter 3, verse 9. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. He admits right there, they are the seed of Abraham. John chapter 8 verse 37. I know that ye are Abraham's seed. This is Jesus talking. But ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Yet he said they were like their father, the devil. There are two peoples on this earth. One are the children of God, and it is those who are righteous, and the other are the children of the devil, that is those who are wicked, that are unrighteous. Yet we are human from an earthly seed when we are born. When we are spiritually born again, we become the seed of Christ through Abraham spiritually. Do not add or read more into the word than what it says. Please do not fall for these Gnostic beliefs that are going around. If the enemy had the ability to procreate and change our DNA as they claimed happened before the flood, then why have they waited over 5,000 years to do it again, but this time through technology? Think, people. mRNA will change your DNA. But that is through technology, people. It has nothing to do with a spirit creating a hybrid by having sex with humans. Am I saying they can't? No. I believe it can be done absolutely and it probably already has been done through horrible uh, experiments like what was done in Hitler's day but under the guise of alien abductions. Not and fallen angels having sex with humans. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying to um, change our DNA. <clears throat> can it be done? Yes, I do believe it can be done. I do believe that. Is it through the mingling of the seeds? No, I don't. I don't because angels do not have seeds. They do not have a natural seed. They cannot impregnate a human being. They can't. All right. <clears throat> now, if you have listened to those who have who say they were abducted and poked and prodded, the men remember sperm being removed 
and the females remember becoming pregnant, then mysteriously not pregnant. If these principalities had the ability to impregnate women, why use human males' sperm? Think about it. They can't procreate, but they can manipulate the sperm and the unborn baby after they artificially inseminated the female. If this actually happens, it is not in a spaceship, nor are they a species from another planet. They are what Christ called demons, princes, powers of the air. They are evil spirits, not offspring from the angels that sinned, nor angels that sinned, but they are pretty powerful nonetheless, considering in the book of Daniel, one of them, the prince of Persia, prevented his answer to his prayer for 21 days. An angel actually needed Michael to come and help him. Read these scriptures too. I believe they are connected with what or who these prince beings are. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 10 through 12. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. These wicked men that are teaching false doctrine are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Yet even the angels who are much greater in power than these men don't even do that. Read 11, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord, but these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. These are the false teachers. They speak evil of things they do not understand. That's not a good thing. In Jude, we read the same thing. Remember, Jude and Peter complement each other. They go hand in hand. They really do. Jude 8, Likewise also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. So, we read these princes, these evil spirits, these devils, these dignities, or demons, have never once been called the offspring of angels in the word of God. The angels that sinned are in chains, locked up in the bottomless pit, awaiting judgment. So who or what are these beings Are they pos that possess people? that create havoc on a human body, that are so powerful that Michael was needed to help war with one in order to get Daniel's answer to him in prayer.
And angels don't throw any kind of reeling accusation against these beings, these spirits. I do not know about anyone else, but that has really made me shudder to think about. If I am not rooted deeply and grounded securely in Christ Jesus, what that one did to the seven sons of Siva could do much worse to me. Now, I understand why Jesus said these come out by prayer and fasting. Okay, well, I thought I was done researching this. You know, I, I had to put this in because I thought I was done, guys. I really did. I thought I was ready to finish the book, right? No, no, no. <clears throat> I thought I was done researching and studying this part, but God had other things to open up. I was sitting here going to begin to read chapter 11. Isn't that funny? After spending all afternoon into the morning hours studying these parts of the angels that sinned, spirits and demons. And I was content to just leave it a mystery. And truth be told, I was just, I was done. I was done. As I was sitting here, this thought came to my mind. A lying spirit he sent. What? Was it a spirit or was it a sinful angel? So I began looking up and seeing if there is a difference. And wow, wow, wow. Okay. We're going to read scriptures. Starting First Kings. First Kings, chapter 22. We'll be starting at verse 19, ending with verse 23. And he said, Hear thou, therefore, the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. And all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in his mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth, and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets and the Lord has spoken evil concerning thee you see that do you understand that do you understand exactly what just happened first let's go back you gotta you gotta get it you gotta understand it the Lord in 19 verse 19 I saw the Lord sitting on his throne we're in the third heaven Brothers and sisters, we're in the third heaven. We're in the throne room of heaven. And all the hosts of heaven standing standing by him in the throne room, in the throne room, in the third heaven, right there, on his right hand and on his left. Now, then he asks a question. Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit, and stood before the Lord, and said, I will persuade him. 
We're in the throne room of God, brothers and sisters. We're in the throne room of God. All right, we're not done. I do not know if this spirit is an angel or not. It is a spirit being, but is it an angelic being? All the hosts of heaven's there. And we know the hosts of heaven are, number one, spiritual beings. Now, number two, the right side always represents the righteous and the left, the unrighteous. Just like Jesus said, you know, when he comes, they're going to be separating the sheep from the goats, the right from the left. Okay. The right is always the good. The left is not so good. Okay. So is it possible? Now, these are questions I have. Is it possible before the death, burial, and resurrection that some angel spirits that were unrighteous did not leave heaven? They did not leave their estate. They did not leave their habitation. Is it possible until Jesus took his holy precious blood to heaven and cleansed the heavenly things, they remained there? I don't know. Is it possible that is why they are not in chains? The ones that are chained are the ones that left their estate and habitation according to the word of God. Remember? It does not change the truth that they are evil though. Because we read about the spirit of lies, the spirit of an infirmity, the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of lust, and so forth. So we know that these spirits are evil. We know that. Okay, go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, starting with verse 14, and I believe we'll end it in verse 23. Okay, so here we go. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, the Bethlehemite that is cunning in playing, and a mighty, valiant man, Gibor, right there, right there, and a man of war, and prudent in manners, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and took, stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Where'd the evil spirit come from? Come from God. Where's it hanging out at? He was hanging out in heaven. 
Wow. Wow. Let's keep going though. Now here's another one. Gaul conspires with the Shechemites. Now, <clears throat> when Abamelech, Abamelech, <laughs> I can't say that word. When Abamelech had reigned three years over Israel, then God sent an evil spirit between Abamelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abamelech, that the cruelty done to the threescore and ten sons of Jerubbabel might come, and their blood be laid upon Abamelech, their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brethren. And the men of Shechem set liars in wait for him in the top of the mountain, and they robbed all that came along that way by them, and it was told Abamelech. Do you see that in verse 23? Then God sent an evil spirit between Abamelech and the men of Shechem. God sent the evil spirit. God did. Now, the word for spirit in Hebrew is Ruach. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit in Hebrew is Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, the word for angel is anglios, messenger, okay? A messenger, gener generally a supernatural messenger from God, an angel conveying news or behests from God to man, okay? Yet angels are spirits as well. But when the Bible speaks of angels, it is clear it is angels being referred to. But when the Bible mentions spirits, it is clear there is a difference being made here. One is an angelic spirit being. One is a spirit, whether good, bad, human, or pagan, deity, God, whatever. So I looked up demon. It's dema, di, I see, I see, I can word this. How can I pronounce this? Dahi, dahi manian, manian, dominion, something like that, demon. Damien, what? Are you serious? Damien, Damianan? Hmm, never knew that. That's so funny. I'm sorry, it's really not funny. But I was just thinking about that stupid show when I was a little kid called The Omen. There was this little kid called Damien. And he was supposed to be the Antichrist. Anyway, forgive me. Alright, let's keep going. Huh. Damania. Dam. Dam. Damani. Okay. Alright, anyway. That means an evil spirit, a demon. Okay, an evil spirit, demon, a heathen deity. Word studies shows a demon. Now, they have in the word studies, i.e., fallen angel, but listen to me well. This was added in by man. It is not in the true meaning of the word. It's not. Okay, um... All, they, it always refers to demons in the New Testament, the only exception being in Acts 17, verse 18, which refers to heathen gods. Um, let's see. Demon conveys how utterly powerless. Well, this is um, when it talks about dimitive form of 1142. Demon, let's see, shows how utterly powerless demons are against Christ. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, God chained up the angels that sinned. 
through the apostasy by leaving heaven, their estate, and their own habitation, the place they were created to live in. He has chained them in darkness, in Tartarus, bottomless pit, the abyss, the deep, until the day of judgment. So, who are these evil spirits? <clears throat> now, They are used by God for his purpose. We see that. We read it. We just read it. You know, we read three different accounts of God sending evil spirits to cause distress, telling lies, to deceive the people, cause, you know, discord, division. You may not like to hear that, but God can and does his will, and he will use every means he created in order to fulfill his word. Who are we to question God? He's sovereign. He can do what he does. Does not make him any less holy. No, it does not. Don't ever question that. God is holy, 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 and he tempts no man with evil. He didn't tempt. No, he allowed it to happen. He allowed it to happen. So, here we go. God knows the heart of man. Does he not? He does. He knows the thought of man. He knows the very intention of our hearts. He knows those who is serving him with their whole heart and who is serving half-heartedly. Have you ever thought of the words in the Lord's Prayer? Listen to these words. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. We would all do well to ponder on those words and take them to heart. Absolutely. Those who bear malice and mischief towards another are more apt to believe lies spoken concerning the person speaking or the truth they speak rather than accept the truth of the person's character and the words spoken under the true inspiration of God. What I mean is if someone doesn't like me and then someone else comes along and feeds them a line, they're going to believe that rather than others or what they see with their own eyes because they certainly just don't like me so they would rather think ill of me than to think good of me all right oh, look at ahab look at jehoshaphat they despised the prophets of god because of the word of the lord it was hard and it is hard so they heaped to themselves false prophets in which god sent the lying spirits, so they would believe of the lies. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He changes not. There's not even a shadow of turning about him. He's the same God. Go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. I want you to think about that for a minute. That's the day we're living in right now. Now, I do not know. <laughs> I don't. Nor do I understand exactly why these spirits, demons, principalities, princes, dignities, 
was in heaven by the throne of God, but they are real and they are very, very powerful. And God himself uses them to fulfill his word and purpose. Mm -mm. Boast not, brothers and sisters, in your ability because you have no power in and of yourself. We are to post in, uh, boast in the cross of Christ. That is our victory. That is where our victory lies. It took 21 days of battle to get Daniel's answer through. And that was not a battle between humans, but supernatural beings. Without the armor of God and faith, you are prey to the enemy. One thing I know for a fact is these evil spirits are not the spirits of the giants from the fallen angels and the daughters of men. Angels cannot procreate. They are spirits. Now, I went to this Jewish uh, site. Let me go to it right here just so I can tell you exactly where I got it from. Um, if I remember, I pray I do. I will post the link in the description box so you can go to it. I want you to look these things up. I really do. It is the Jewish virtual library dot org. That's what it is. And I want you to please, please look this up and begin to dig deep. Now, this is what they have to say. Now, <clears throat> they went through different um i guess religious sect you want to say i guess you want to say they you know they go through uh what the torah says what the christians say and then they they go on down to um oh what's it called the talmud and stuff like that well that i just bypass because I, I don't want nothing to do with the talmud kabbalah and all that foolishness okay i really don't so but listen to this <clears throat> Israel's official religion contrasts. Oh, this is about demonology in the Bible. Israel's official religion contrasts sharply with contemporary polytheism in the role assigned to demons, which in the Bible is practically nil. Magic was prohibited among the Israelites from very early times. For already the oldest collections of laws, the Book of the Covenant contains the command, You shall not tolerate a sorceress. And that's in Exodus 22:17. And then cross-reference, you can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 10 through 12. And Saul put the practitioners of necromancy out of the land, kicked them out. And that's in 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 3. Since much of pagan magic was protective, intended to keep demons away or to expel them, obviously Israel's religion aimed at a very radical extirpation uh, of traffic with demons. I'm sorry, I had an itch. Calamities and illnesses were not from demons, but from the Lord. Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? Amos chapter 3 verse 6. Although God does not always accomplish his will immediately, but uses angels and spirits as agents, it is ordinary made, ordinarily made explicit that the spirits are under his control. The evil spirits which trouble Saul is an evil spirit from the Lord, 1 Samuel 16, 14. Therefore, one must not overestimate the importance of the numerous small traces of belief in demons which survive in the Bible. 
or underestimate the difficulties involved in interpreting them. Most of the passages in question are poetic, and it is often impossible to be certain whether the demon named is part of a living religious belief or only part of a traditional literary language. Just as some Mesopotamian demons have names which are also common nouns. So in biblical cases like Dever and Mavet or Mawet, it is hard to be sure when these are proper names and when not. Now, the Israelites' conception of demons as it existed in the popular mind or the literary imagination resembled in some ways that held elsewhere. Demons live in deserts or ruins. And you can find that in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 10. In Isaiah chapter 13, verse 21. Chapter 34, verse 14. They inflict sickness on men. Psalm chapter 91, 5 through 6. They trouble men's minds. Saul, for instance, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 15 and 23. And deceive them, 1 Kings 22, 22 through 23. But nevertheless, these evil spirits are sent by the Lord. The mysterious being who attacks Jacob in Genesis 32:25, and that I totally disagree on, so I'm not even going to read that. Okay, the Bible often mentions the shades of the dead, but the congregation of the shades. And even in Israelite popular religion, however, there seems to have been relatively little fear of the spirits of the dead. And let's see. In Proverbs 21.16 carries on a shadowy existence below and does not seem to trouble the living. Some features of the Israelite bear a formal resemblance to, I don't know what that says, I can't understand that word. All right, so I'm going to skip those parts. Those parts is not what I wanted to read. Just that little section there. So really, they're still questioning, but they do know that it comes from the Lord. Now, specific demons. Foreign gods are called Shedom, Deuteronomy 32, 17, Psalm 106, verse 37, cross-reference 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. Render demons or devils in most translations. The word is related to echidaeum, sedu, demon, good or evil. Now, there is a serium, hairy demons, satyrs. This also applied contemptuously to foreign deities, Leviticus 17.7, 7, 2 Chronicles 11.15. These creatures haunt ruins along with Lilith. That's in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 21, chapter 34, verse 14. Now, this Lilith in Isaiah 34.14, ultimately from Sumerian, Lil, Er, not Hebrew, Ah, Night was originally a succubus, they say, believed to cohabit with mortals. But in the Arslan Tash incantation quoted above, she is identified with the child-stealing demon, a character she retains in later folklore. The tradition that the name means screech owl in so many translations reflects a very ancient association of birds, especially owls, with the demonic. All right, Madet or Mawet, the ordinary Hebrew word for death 
is also the proper name of a Canaanite underworld god, Mot, the enemy of Baal in a uh, Ugaritic epic. The proper name, not the common noun, should probably be understood in <clears throat> Isaiah 28:15. We have made a covenant with death, capital D. Jeremiah 9:20. For death, capital D, is come up into our windows. And then cross references are Hosea chapter 13, verse 14, Job chapter 18, verse 13, the firstborn of death, capital D. 28 and 22. Now, Resafeth is another major god of the Canaanite religion who becomes a demonic figure in biblical literature. Resafeth, I can't really say that name, is known as the god of plague over much of the ancient Near East in text and artistic representations spanning more than a millennium from 1850 BC to 350 BC. In Habakkuk 3.5, Yahweh on the warpath is said to be preceded and followed by respectively Dever and Resafeth. This is similar to the picture of two divine attendants who escort major gods in ancient myths. Just as some other names of deities are used as common nouns in biblical Hebrew, Dagon, grain, Ashtaroth, increased of the flock. So Resafeth has come to mean simply plague. And that's in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 29, Psalm 78, verse 48, and the fiery darts of the bow, Psalm 76, verse 4, and well, that's in the Hebrew, in the English, it's 76, verse 3. I should have went and told you that, but I will post the link so you can see this. And then in the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, apparently from the common association of plague and arrows. Now, Dever, pestilence, is what that means, is the other demonic herald who marches with Yahweh to battle, Habakkuk 3.5. Dever is also mentioned in Psalm 91.5-6, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror pahed by night, nor for the arrow hez that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence Dever that walketh in the darkness nor for the destruction, Ketiv, that wasteth at noonday. Not only Dever, but also the other words italicized, which it's, um, I'll tell you which ones they are, above have been plausibly identified as names of demons. And they're saying that thou shalt not be afraid for the terror, that's one, terror, arrow, two, pestilence, three, destruction, four. And they're saying that those are all names of demons. I can't say they are. I, you know, I'm just blown away by this study. I'll be perfectly honest with you. All right. Now, the arrow is a familiar symbol in folklore for disease or sudden pain. And Ketev, which is in Deuteronomy 32.4, Isaiah 28.2, and Hosea 13.14, is in this instance the personification of overpowering noonday heat known also to Greek and Roman demonology. Now, Remember back in the chapter that we talked about the scapegoat, Azazel. Azazel occurs in the ritual for the Day of Atonement, Leviticus 16, 8, 10, and 26. <clears throat> Aaron casts lots over two goats, and the one for Azazel is presented alive before the Lord. Now remember, it should not have said four, but basically is Azazel. 
and then released into the wilderness. Now, the ancient and Greek Latin versions understood Azazel as the goat that departs. Hence, scapegoat. Um, of some English versions. Most of the rabbinic com commentators and some moderns take Azazel as the name of the place to which the goat is driven. The great majority of moderns regard Azazel as the personal name of a demon thought to live in the wilderness. Now, see, as I showed you back in the chapter with the scapegoat, there is nothing, nothing in the word of God saying there's a demon named Azazel. Now, there's not. I'm sorry. There is no demon that's my scapegoat. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's just foolishness. I used to be, I was told many years ago, and I believed it ignorantly, because I didn't study the word of God to that depth, that Azazel that Satan was the scapegoat. What? He's the scapegoat. He's innocent. And my sins was placed on him. No. Whoa. Now, looking back, I'm telling you, I've had to repent an awful lot. Because I repeated a lot of false doctrine and stuff. I really did. One minute, I've got to take a little drink. Oh, thank you. Okay. Now, so Azazel, no. <laughs> no. So anyway, let's keep going. Um, the vampire may be mentioned, they say, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 15. And that is, all ka have two daughters crying, give, give. Hebrew, aha, may simply mean leech. But since alag occurs in Arabic literature, as a name of a vampire, this fabulous creature and her two daughters may be referred to in this rather difficult passage. Now, I don't know about all this stuff. I know it's crazy, but I'm just doing my very best to present all of this to you, to give it to you, to have you take it to the Lord, have you study it out, ask him for wisdom, because he will not deny you wisdom. He will not. He says, ask in faith. He'll give it to you freely and upbraideth not. You know, it's yours. But you know what? Remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you're going about your day and you're sinning and you think you're, you're just racking those sins up until you go to bed, you know, and then you repent, I think not. You bet as soon as you commit a sin and you know it and you've been convicted by the Holy Spirit, you better repent right then and there because you're not promised that next breath. We are to we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We don't know when our time is up. We really seriously don't. Okay, let me keep going though. Now the demons in the New Testament. New Testament demonology in part reflects contemporary popular belief, which turns up also in rabbinic literature and in part the dualism attested to the secretarian literature from the Quamran. Now, demons are called unclean spirits or evil spirits, as in rabbinic literature. They are believed to inhabit waste places, wildernesses, and stuff. Possession by demon causes or is associated with various sicknesses, especially those in which there is a perversion of the human personality, so that the demon, not the man himself, directs his acts and speech. And that's in Mark one twenty-three, and then 26, verse 26, and then in chapter 9, 17 through 29. 
The story of how Jesus cured a demoniac by sending a legion of unclean spirits into a herd of swine. You can find that in Matthew chapter 8, 28 through 34, in Mark chapter 5, 1 through 20, in Luke chapter 8, 26 through 39. And it illustrates vividly the persistence of very ancient popular belief, as does the parable of Matthew chapter 4, 43 through 45, in which the unclean spirit, after wandering through the wilderness, takes seven devils with him. On the other hand, in the New Testament, lesser demons have little independent personality or power, but are subject to a prince, Beelzebub, or Satan, and the demonic is often presented not as something occasional and relatively harmless, but as a cosmic reality of great importance. The enemy of God and man, Ephesians 6.12. Beelzebub is a name applied to the chief demon by both Jesus and his opponents the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And that's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 25, chapter 12, verse 24 and 27, Mark chapter 3, verse 22, Luke chapter 11, verses 15 through 19. The correct explanation of the name is much disputed, and new evidence from Ugarit has not completely cleared up the etymology. The spelling Beelzebub reflects identification of Beelzebub with Baal Zebub, God of Ekron, and that's in Second Kings chapter one verse two. Possibly there are two different original forms: Beelzebub, meaning Baal is prince or lord of the shrine, and Beelzebub, lord of flies. So we don't know. Now, whatever it is, we are to avoid evil at all costs. Now. <clears throat> And I'm talking about us as believers in Christ. Okay, we're, we're supposed to shun evil. We're not even supposed to speak of what they do in darkness. Um, we're supposed to at all times glorify God in speech, in word, in deed, at all things. Even when we're working, we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord. God should be our center, our world, everything. Okay, everything. If there's evil conversation, walk away. If there's nothing but evil on that TV, turn it off. If there's evil on that radio through the commercials or songs, shut it down. You understand what I'm saying? If somebody is doing evil in front of you, get away from them. You know, if, you know, if someone is uh, telling dirty jokes, so to speak, shut it down right then. If they're in your home, ask them to leave. I, I'm not being mean. I am being very truthful because you are to guard yourself at all times. Now, Let's keep going because you need to understand. We are to avoid evil at all costs. So was Israel. We are to expel, excommunicate a fellow believer that is doing wickedness until he repents. Israel was to stone them. Think about that. In the law, you were to stone rebellious children. Those who broke the Sabbath. Those who did contrary to the law. Have you ever asked yourself why? Doesn't this seem like a pretty stiff penalty? Some of these sins seem to be minor to us, yet God put a death penalty on them. Why? Why? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
evil is a cancer. And if you go, if it is gone untreated, will spread quickly until the whole body is affected. Just like leaven, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Evil ran rapid and multiplied in the days of Noah. It had nothing to do with spirit beings and humans mating, thus making hybrids. It had to do with sin and wickedness not being restrained just as it is happening today. They're calling good evil and evil good. Look about, what is that person's name? I, don't, I only know this because I have it on Twitter. Oh, Nas X or Nas X, I think is his name. I don't know. Some little rapper feller. He's in his young 20s, as a matter of fact. But he, he is a, a homosexual. He's a Satan worshiper. And children love him. Um, he was the, the kid's choice on Nickelodeon. Um, his uh, song that he came out with a few years ago, I guess, was the um, highest downloaded song. And uh, kids, second, third grade, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know if you guys had ever seen... Um, old clippings of when the Beatles would come to town or Elvis Presley and how women would literally swoon and fall and yell and scream and just go on and on and on, right? All right. Well, I, I'm not suggesting that you go to this video. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I listened to Dr. Scott Johnson and he played some of the video. Well, what was pretty frightening is you could hear these children yelling and screaming. And these children, they're, they're not teenagers, Okay, we're talking second and third graders. They're screaming. And Nikki said, do you know what that sounds like? And I looked at her and I said, yeah, it sounds like those screams that they say come from the hole that is in hell. I think it's in Russia or something like that, where they said that they drew, they drilled a hole and they could, they recorded screams. That's exactly what it sounded like. It, it was pretty demonic to me. It was. And it's coming from these little children all over this man that is singing this song. You can't tell me what to do or I'll do what I want or something, something stupid like that. The whole point being is today they're calling good evil because out in California, they are teaching in schools, children, this um, Aztec chant about human sacrifice and cannibalism, about eating the hearts of people. But <clears throat> it's all about killing the white Christians. Yeah, look it up. In California, they're teaching Aztec chant, seriously. And if you look at it, these children love it. They love it. They love it. Now, here it is. We live in the day and age where good is spoken evil of. They want to kill us and eat our heart, guys. Not just anybody, but the white Christian. Why? Why white? You know, that's just foolish. What do we taste different or something? I don't know. But, uh... Then you have these kids going absolutely nuts over this Nas. I think his name's Nas X. It's N-A-S. I don't know if it's X or Z or something. I don't know. I can't stand all these acronyms and stuff. But anyway, here it is. So he got popular, I guess, just a couple of years ago. And then, boom, all of a sudden, he does this video. And in the video, he is giving Satan 
a pole dance, a, stri a, strip, a strip dance, a strip tease to Satan. He's having homosexual, um, oh, what's, what do I want to look for? Innuendos, let's say, because I'm assuming they're not really showing it. I, I don't know. I don't watch TV and I don't watch these videos or anything like that because I'm not, I'm not going to pollute myself, my eyes and my ears to this filth. But, um, so then after he does this video, yesterday, was it yesterday, Lord? I was, no, I was barbecuing. I think it was yesterday. It could have been the day before yesterday. Was the rollout for his new shoe, a tennis shoe, Nike. And on this Nike tennis shoe is the scripture Luke ten eighteen. You look that up. It's about Satan falling from heaven as lightning. Then it's got an upside-down cross uh, where the laces are. And it's got a pentagram, but it's one of those um, upside-down type pentagrams. What I mean by that is if the point is pointing downward, that's a satanic pentagram. But if it's pointed upwards, that's the witch's pentagram. That's on there, too. But it gets better. And the heel of this shoe has one drop of human blood. They went on sale. I'm not sure. Like I said, it could have been now a couple days, a couple days ago for 600 for no, let's see. It went on sale a couple days ago, but they only produced 666 of them. And the selling price was $1,018. Why $1,018 was an odd number? Because that number is for Luke 10, 18. This isn't made up, brothers and sisters. This is real. This is wicked. And little children love it. They absolutely love it. Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. Do you remember? What was, what was that song he sang? I think with Dolly Parton and them. I can't even remember. Oh, Achy Breaky Heart, I think it was. Something like that. Something strange. Anyway, he helped this little feller a couple years ago with that popular song that those kids were crazy and jumping around going nuts over. Billy Ray Cyrus. His daughter, Miley, was the one that played in that Disney, uh, was it Hannah Montana? Little wholesome girl. Then all of a sudden it broke out and became, I don't know, Jezebel herself, I guess. I don't know. Oh, no, not Jezebel, but complete a total harlot, satanic worshiper. But no one has a problem with that. It's acceptable. But then if you mention the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the only begotten son of God, the only way, truth, and a life to the Father, then you are speaking hate speech to the world. You are a bigot. You are hateful. You are prejudiced. They're calling good evil and evil good. 
That was an awful lot to tell you, but you need to understand what is going on now. We have a man in office now. Well, the other one was no better. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, I'm sorry, but Donald Trump was no better. But this man, as soon as he gets in, signs all of these, uh, what are they called? Oh, executive orders and stuff. And he has given the LGBTQ2, whatever the acronym for uh, abominations of God, so many rights. And anyone that speaks against them now will be fined or arrested for hate speech. Are you serious? Then he also <laughs> basically, I mean, this is, this. I mean, this is not how it's worded, but it's basically the same thing. You can have an abortion now at any time and drop a hat anywhere and you, you go for it. What? Are you serious? What? These things are really happening in the day that we're living in. So where it says in the days of Noah, man's heart is was on evil continually, his thoughts, his imagination, everything. That's exactly what is happening now, today. But instead of people teaching on that, instead, they're teaching a false doctrine and saying, yep, just as, as it was in the days of Noah, they were mutilating that DNA they were changing the DNA then and making them not human anymore. That's not what was happening, brothers and sisters. It was not. I have showed you word after word and scripture after scripture. That is not even possible. That did not happen. Can they change our DNA? Yes, they can manipulate it. Absolutely. We got CRISPR and all this other stuff. They do it through technology. They do it through technology. They've learned this technology from the demons. Yes, they have. I understand that. That I don't have an issue with. I believe that with all of my heart. But do I believe that they were able to manifest themselves in flesh, bone, and blood? And to be able to inject their sperm? Where did they get sperm? But let's say they did into human women no 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 it's the evil it's the evil and we see it in peter and we see it in jude where they brought back to our remembrance the abominations the things that the people were doing people remember were destroyed for unbelief the angels are locked up and reserved until the day of judgment for apostatizing for the sin that they had committed. They apostatized. They left their estate, their habitation. That's what they did. That was their sin. They rebelled against God. Then you have the sin from Sodom and Gomorrah. They went after strange flesh. They were homosexual. They were homosexual. That's why God destroyed them. It says it flat out. But it does not tell us in the word of God that the angels procreated with women. All right, let me keep going. I'm sorry. Let me keep going so I don't keep you here all this time. I'm sorry. All right, so.
This is why we must train a child in the way they are to go, which is against our human nature because we are evil in nature. People are like, wait a minute now, wait a minute, you're going too far. Well, you know what? Let's stick with what the Word of God says, okay? Go to Genesis chapter 8, verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For man's sake. Wait a minute. What? For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 19. And it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse that he bless himself in his heart saying, I shall have peace though I walk in the imagination of my own heart to add drunkenness to thirst. Job fifteen sixteen. How much more abominable and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like water. Ecclesiastes 7.29 Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Ecclesiastes 9.3 This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live and after that they go to the dead jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it matthew chapter 15:19 for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts murders adulteries fornications thefts, false witness, blasphemies. From, let's see, Mark chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetedness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man Ephesians chapter 2 and he hath and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others Titus 3 3 for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish disobedient deceived serving divers lusts and pleasures living in malice and envy hateful and hating one another the evil spirits cannot do anything without permission first remember that just as the legion asked to be put into the swine if we are playing church and we are partake, partaking in wickedness yet profess 
holiness? Being led into temptation and being given to evil is what will happen. I cannot convince you. My opinion matters none. But the word of God must be our resource or foundation to test everything. And the fallen angel theory and daughters of men doctrine is not supported in any way in the word of God. And I'm going to end that there. That finishes, just to let you know, the revised. <laughs> I know it was long. I understand it's long. It's a lot to take in. Boy, that's a lot longer than I thought. I think I have spoke for over an hour. I did not know, brothers and sisters. I truly did not know. But this had to be done. We needed to take a deeper look than we've ever taken because... If we do not, first off, love the truth. Secondly, read the word of God. And live the word of God. We will be deceived. And I'm telling you what, the word of God tells us that God himself will send a strong delusion. The word tells us God himself sent that lying spirit, sent that evil spirit that distressed Saul. God himself. You better quit fighting against God. Get right. That's all I got to say because I'm telling you what, myself, I, I have trembled. And I'm not even kidding. Studying this whole new light man <laughs> whole new light now i can understand why throughout the new testament talks about fearing god fearing god fearing god wow he's not kidding you better fear him you better fear him he's holy 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 he knows your heart he knows my heart he knows if we're doing our very best to walk upright before him through jesus christ or if we're just playing church he knows the intents of our heart he knows he knows can't hide nothing from him. Okay, brothers and sisters, I'm going to end that there. I will pick up oh, next time, and hopefully we will we will finish this. I love you all so very, very, very much. I do. Oh, my goodness. That would not be possible without God shedding his love abroad in my heart by his Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, that's the truth. All right. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your nose in the book, which is... The Word of God and embed the Word of God upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God or be deceived till next time search the word search the word search the word search the word go to God in prayer <laughs>